Hi, this is Guy Kawasaki. Hi, this is Gideon Shelwick here. My name is Farnoosh Brock. And you're listening to Learning with Leslie. Learning with Leslie. This is Learning with Leslie. 888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie. <laughs> uh, you know, I, by now, I, I, I'm guessing you already know the name of the podcast, <laughs> but this is the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about those things like internet marketing, online business, blogging, traffic generation, social media, you know, all that WWW stuff. I started this podcast to share what I've learned about internet marketing, what I'm still learning today, and to interview other experts who can help us all along in our blogging journeys. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel, the internet marketing teacher from learningwithleslie.com. And I have another exciting episode for you today. Actually, this is a very special episode. I'm going to be... It's going to be different from normal. I'm actually going to be talking about how I got into internet marketing and what I've learned along the way. Basically, I'm going to be giving you my life story (laughs) from beginning to end. Well, not end. Hopefully, it doesn't end anytime soon. But I'm going to be giving you some insight into how I got to where I am and what I'm doing. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. You know, it's interesting because uh, one of the things that I teach people to do and I recommend for people to do is when they're starting a blog, one of the first things that they should focus on is writing their life story. That's something that I learned um, from Yaro Starak when I first started blogging. And it's something that's very significant because what it helps to do is it helps to get people that visit your blog to understand who you are. Because when it comes to blogging, it's not just about the information that you're delivering. It's not just about what you can teach, but it's about who you are. And the more you can let your personality shine through in everything that you do online, the more successful your blog is going to be. That's something that I've seen um, with myself. That's something that I've seen with many of the people that I've interviewed and and from many of the bloggers and internet marketers that I follow. Uh, so th- that's one of the reasons why we recommend for everyone to uh, to tell your life story. Uh, if you can write a blog post it, and sometimes uh, even a longer blog post, just talking about who you are and how you got to be doing what you're doing today, it really helps to add that personal touch to your blog. Because when people come to your blog, they're coming because of you. Hopefully they're coming and hopefully that's because of you and not because of someone else. Um, so what I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about that today. Um, I want to I give you my life story because... You know, as I've, it's easy to look at someone and see where they are today and think whatever it is you want to think in your mind. But uh, I've learned so much from where I've been, what I've gone through, um, the different experiences that I've had in my lifetime. And I want to share that with you. Uh, and hopefully you get to know me a little better. And um, yeah, hopefully it, it, it helps us, you know, grow this relationship thing we have going on here. Um, but before I go into that, I just want to remind you, um, because, you know, when it comes to internet marketing, blogging and all those types of things, especially when you're just starting out, there are so many questions that you might have. And sometimes it's hard to get those kind of questions. I remember when I got into it and I was in a course, uh, we used to have these um, mastermind sessions or, or, or teleconferences where you can call in and ask questions. And those things were so valuable to me, to have access to people that have been there, done that, and, and, and can give me good advice. It really helped me to grow my online business, my blog, and all the stuff that I'm doing today. And I, I, I like to extend that opportunity to you. So if you have a question, you know what to do if you've been listening to this podcast for a while. But if you have a question, you need an answer, all you have to do is call the hotline and leave that question. You can call the hotline and the number is... 888-835-2414. You call that, you leave your message, and I will answer it live on the show. And it's much better uh, to do it that way than to leave comments on the blog. I love it when you leave comments. Please continue leaving comments. It makes me feel uh, special and all that good stuff. Um, but when you 
when you leave a, a question on the voicemail, I can go into much more detail because I can talk much easier than I can write. <laughs> I don't have to think. Well, not that I don't have to think, but it's I can just flow and just give you as much information as possible. So if you have questions, call the hotline. Feel free to do that anytime. Or you can come to the blog at Learning with Leslie and then just click on the button to the right. What does the button say? I keep forgetting. Oh, yes. Ask question. Um, so you can come there, ask your question, and I will answer it live on the show. Well, not live, but I will answer it on the show, and you can listen to it and get the feedback that I have or the answers or or just whatever it is uh, relating to the feedback that you left or you leave on the hotline or by coming to the blog and leaving it there. All right, so I have so much to talk about because I've been through a lot when it comes to internet marketing. I've been through so much and I want to share it with you. Yes, like I said, for you to get to know me a little better, but also so that you can learn from what I have experienced because I've learned a lot. And I'm actually going to go way back, (laughs) back into time. I'm going to go all the way back to the fact that I was born on the beautiful Caribbean island of St. Martin. Every time I tell someone that, because I live in Michigan right now, Michigan is not a beautiful island. <laughs> Michigan is a, is, is a great place, but it's not St. Martin. And people always ask me why I moved from St. Martin. But I grew up there in St. Martin. I lived a relatively laid-back lifestyle. You know, I went to class as a child, um, came home, and um, I was a very social being, as I'm sure you can, <laughs> you can imagine. But I'd come home and I'd uh, hang out with my friends. I, I remember we used to get on our bikes and go riding down the road and uh, connecting with our friends and just hanging out. And we used to hang out in front of Burger King. That was the hangout spot back in those days. Um, I used to watch a lot of TV, waste a lot of time. And just, just really, it, it was more about the social interaction um, for me than anything else. I loved being around my friends. I loved being around my family and, and so on. I was a very social person. I grew up in the church. I was, I, I, not I was, but I am a Seventh-day Adventist. And I went to church every week on Sabbath, which is Saturday for us. And then I remember uh, this was something that we did regularly. And, it, and I think it, it played a big part in making me who I am today. But after church, Every single weekend, we'd have a bunch of family and friends over, um, people that we don't know, people that we know, people that we are just meeting and so on. And they would all come over to the house and we'd have a potluck where they bring a bunch of food. And, and if you know island food, you know that that's, <laughs> that's some good food. And I miss that um, so very much. But anyhow, the main thing there is that I was a very very social person. Now, I was not a good student, and I'm getting somewhere with this, so don't, you know, tune out because I'm talking about all this stuff, Um, but I I was not a very good student um, because, here was the thing, as a student, I caught on to stuff really quickly, so when a teacher talked about something, I would understand it quickly, and I would do well on the test, but I never really studied I, I, I didn't like to do homework and I didn't like to pay attention to all of those things because I just wanted to have a good time. I wanted to be with my friends. I wanted to be with my family. That is what really excited me. Um, now, as a child, if you ask me what I wanted to be, I would say that I wanted to be a scientist or an inventor. And I didn't really fully know what a scientist does. Uh, the, 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 the word inventor sounded like someone that came up with stuff. And um, I was the kind of kid that used to like to take everything and break it apart. If I got a toy, I'd open it up, unscrew everything, and try to figure out how those things worked. Um, because that was uh, exciting to me, understanding how things worked, how different systems come together to make this remote control car and you know how the, how, how the little motor sp- spun when you put a battery in it and you turned it on. Those types of things, breaking things down to the individual components and dissecting it and trying to figure out how everything works together. That is something that used to excite me as a child. Um, now, I, I had no idea what entrepreneurship was. Um, my, my dad at the time, well, he's, he's done a number of things, but my dad was a banker 
And he was into real estate investing. He owned a grocery store. Our family owned a grocery store. And I used to work in that grocery store, help them out a little bit. Uh, my mom used to teach typing, and she'd have students come over and pay a fee. And, and, and that, th- those, some of, those are the things that were my first kind of exposure uh, to business. It wasn't necessarily entrepreneurship, but it was business. And that's, that plays a big part in entrepreneurship. And I think seeing a lot of that stuff as a child really helped me to um, understand money a little better. I, I, I didn't know much, but I was able to see a little bit based on what my parents um, were doing. And I knew that I, I realized that you can offer a service and in exchange for that service, people will pay you money. Very valuable concept, and it's something that's, um, that's important for us to learn, even as children, um, to see the value um, in your time, to see the value in the services that you can offer, to see value in the, 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 the things that you can do to help others accomplish this goal. Now, when I think back to my <laughs> experience as a child, I can see how I was a teacher back then. Or teaching was a big part of what I used to do because although I wasn't a good student, I remember because I understood chemistry and because I understood biology, I remember I used to get together with a group of people from my chemistry class that were studying and we'd go to the, um, to the library there in Phillipsburg, St. Martin, and I would help them. I would teach them the things that the teacher um, was teaching them, but they were having a hard time understanding and I remember feeling good about helping um, these friends of mine um, to understand these difficult concepts and that they saw value in what I was doing and how I was helping them. Now, I wasn't a, I, how do I say? I wasn't an extremely popular um, kid as a child, um, but I did have a, a, a good amount of friends. And it, it made me feel good to be able to offer that value to them. And I can see how back then I was being nurtured uh, to become a teacher, to become um, the person that I am today. And it's interesting to look back at, at those times in the past and see similarities between what you're doing now and what you were doing then. So I grew up there on the island of St. Martin. Um, I loved my life. I love fellowshipping with others and getting together and connecting with people, getting to know people. Um, that was something that really uh, excited me. I was I was also very active in a church. I, I remember I, I played piano. I started learning the piano at the age of twelve, and um, well, <laughs> you know, interesting story. I wasn't going to talk about this. I didn't think about this, but I think it it brings up a, a very good point. As a child, I took piano lessons, and um, I, I took piano lessons for a year because I loved the piano. But after taking it for a few months, I realized that I hated the piano lessons. I hated the structure. I hated um, the, the things that they told you you had to do because I wanted to do my own thing. So I quit piano lessons after about a year. And I started, you know, I had a piano at home. So I would just continue playing that piano, continue playing that piano just for fun, looking at what others were doing and, and um, trying to imitate what they were doing and, and putting my own twist on it. And... I didn't continue to take formal classes, but I continued working on it in my spare time, spending a ton of hours. I remember I'd learn one chord, and I'd do that chord over and over and over. And then I'd learn another chord, and I'd do it over and over and over. Then I'd try to transpose it into a different key and do it over and over. And that's kind of how I taught myself uh, to play the piano. And that kind of attitude, that type of mentality of, I'm going to do this thing over and over and over until it becomes easy. Uh, I think that was very significant back then uh, to, to make me into the musician that I am today. But it's also very significant today in what I've done online. There are a lot of things that have been challenging, but I just worked at it over and over and over. And then it becomes easier and easier and easier. And you become proficient at what you're doing. But in that, I remember the first time, I don't know if I shared this story with you before, but the first time I was going to play a piano piece uh, in church. It was going to be a special music, and I was very excited, but I was also very nervous. I was not very good at the piano as yet. I'd just been playing for a few months, and I was going to play a song, and the name of the song 
was worthy, worthy is the Lamb. I remember in the hymnal, it was number 246. <laughs> and um, I remember being, I was 12 years old. And I got up in front of the church and everyone was excited because, you know, you have this little 12-year-old boy on the piano and he's going to play this special song. And everybody was excited. And I started to play and it was terrible. I mean, absolutely horrid. And you probably think I'm exaggerating, but I am not. Let me explain to you how terrible it was. And this is going somewhere. There's a valuable lesson here that I want you to learn. And it's something that I've learned from looking back at that story and from all the different things that I've experienced. But I started playing the song and everyone was listening, paying attention. It was so terrible. It was taking so long. I was struggling through each individual note and after a while people got tired and stopped listening now you may be asking yourself leslie how do you know they stopped listening well this is how i know you know when you go to a recital and someone plays what happens at the end well everybody gives a round of applause right well it was not that way for me because the song had been going on so long and it wasn't supposed to go on that long because it was so terrible they stopped listening and at the end of the song when i was done no one realized that I was finished because they were just talking to each other in church. I felt crushed. It was a terrible experience. Now, you can imagine uh, being 12 years old and having that experience. And to make it worse, some of my friends were right there next to the piano. And they saw what was happening. And I remember them pointing at me and laughing and saying, Ah, nobody even noticed that you finished. Ah. <laughs> you know how terrible kids can be sometimes. Well, that was my terrible experience. And I thought to myself, man, how am I going to get these people to know that I'm done? So I decided to just hit the chord of C loud on the piano and I just hit it. <laughs> and when I hit it, everyone gave a round of applause like, hey, great job. <laughs> so you know that they were being fake. Uh, but anyhow, that was my experience. And I remember telling myself, I am never touching the piano again. This was terrible. This was absolutely horrid. It is not worth it. But my parents convinced me not to give up on it and to continue working at it. And I continued working on it day in and day out and day in and day out to where I've become very proficient, to where I've been able to play all over the Caribbean, all over the United States and different places in Europe, in Germany. And, and I've been able to play on national television a uh, number of occasions. And I've been able to have these great experiences because I did not give up. And I want to encourage you, that's lesson number one, or I think I've given some other lessons, but lesson number one for right now is even though this, what you're trying to do may seem hard, it may seem difficult, you might seem like you're not getting anywhere, it might seem like you're working so hard and everyone is just laughing at you, do not give up. It is essential for you to continue working on it. And the more you work at it, even though it might be difficult, it's going to get easier because you are going to get stronger. And as you get stronger, as you go to the gym and you work out, you get stronger, you're able to lift much more weight. The weight is indifferent, but you are much stronger. Okay, I spent much more time on that, but I want to continue. At the age of 17, I had just turned 17. This was in 1997. I was going to college. I was coming to the United States of America to experience United States living. And <laughs> many of you foreigners know exactly what I'm talking about, where you have this view of America um, in terms of what it is, the land of opportunity, and you're going to come to this place and you are just going to have some amazing experiences. And that is exactly what I expected. And I had, I did have amazing experiences. Now, when I came here, I had no idea what I wanted to study, but I knew that the class that I did the best in in high school was chemistry. So I decided I'm going to study chemistry. So I started studying chemistry. I didn't like it as much. Um, so I switched to biochemistry. I didn't like that as much. And then I switched to biology and I, and I thought to myself, okay, this is exactly where I want to be. I love biology. I love the way the body functions. I love learning about the complexities of life. This is what I want to spend my time doing. But as I mentioned, when I was in high school, 
I was not a good student. So when you come to college in America at the age of 17, not being a good student, you, you, you have a tendency to still not be a good student. So I, I used to hang out with my friends and uh, party and just chill and get to know people. I had a blast. But I remember at the end of my first quarter, back then we were on the quarter system, I ended up with a 2.0, and I was so disappointed. I went back home for Christmas, and my parents were so disappointed. We had some long conversations about how I cannot continue doing this. They were spending, at the time, $17,000 a year for my education, and I was just wasting it away. I was not doing what I was supposed to be doing. And I told my parents, I will do better this semester, and I w- this quarter. And I went back the spring quarter, and I got a 1.2. Oh, man, my parents were so disappointed. And it continued that way for a while. My four-year degree took me six years because I was not ready. I was not a good student. I knew how to study, but I didn't study. I knew how to have fun, and I did have fun. And I I met a lot of great people from all over the world because I went to a very international school with people from over a hundred different countries, and I was just having a blast. But then something changed in my life, and there were a lot of things that changed kind of at the same time. Now, I mentioned that I was a Christian, um, but really and truly, I was a Christian that didn't really understand Christianity. I was a Christian because I grew up as a Christian. My family was Christian, but I didn't really have a relationship with God. And I'm not, I'm not trying to preach to you on this, but I really want you to understand where I'm coming from and what has caused me to be who I am today. I remember one day, I was walking from the science complex, which is where I spent a lot of my time. And as I said, I was not a good student, but I was walking from the science complex. And for some reason, I was not thinking, but my legs just kind of led me into the bookstore. And I went into the bookstore without thinking, and I walked directly to a book. And then all of a sudden, I realized, wait a minute, what am I doing in the bookstore? And I looked in front of me. And there was this book, and the book was entitled 30 Days to a Stronger Prayer Life. And I was was just confused. Why am I here? What am I doing in the bookstore? I wasn't planning on coming here, but I just end up here. And it's almost as if I woke up in front of the book. So I decided I'm going to get that book. And I read that book, and it transformed my life. Over the next 30 days, I prayed, and I got to know God in a different way. And it really it just started a, a cascade of events that really changed my life. I, I started looking at my academics differently. I started looking at my relationships with others differently. I started looking at my, my, my relationships with, with God differently. And everything started changing um, for the better. My grades started getting much better. I was much more focused on what I was doing. And I was having much more valuable friendships, getting to know people on a deeper level. And things were were changing in my life. I was becoming, not that I was becoming a different person, but I was the same person, but a better version of that person. Okay, so somewhere along the way, I I got this book. It was recommended to me by um, some friends um, that were into some multi-level marketing thing. And many of you probably know this book. But the name of the book was Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I got that book and I read that book. And this was my first real introduction to entrepreneurship. And I realized that that there was a whole other world out there. And it kind of set up a spark in my life where I, I, my eyes were opened up to the kind of possibilities out there. But I didn't really have the knowledge, but I had that drive now. I wanted to become that entrepreneur that the book talked about. I want to set myself up financially so I can take care of my family. I want to set myself up financially so that I could help people that are struggling. I want to help people to become better people. I want to be able to provide and, and, and put together resources that can help others accomplish their goals in life. And entrepreneurship seemed like a great path for me to explore. Um, 
it was something that I wanted to kind of do on the side and kind of figure it out. But I didn't really know how to go about doing it. And I've had a number of different experiences since then. And I want to kind of go through some of those experiences and how they've shaped my life. Okay, so how did we start? Back in 2000 and I'm not sure what year it was, but I think it was around 2003. I found out about the stock market because I had a friend that started investing in a stock market and was doing very good at the time. And I was very fascinated by it. So I decided I'm going to study this stock, mar stock market thing for a little while. And I studied it for a few weeks. And I thought to myself, oh, I see how this thing works. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invest some money in it. And what I decided to do, I had $4,800 for my tuition. And I thought to myself, I'm going to put this money into the stock market. I'm going to invest it. It's going to turn into $48,000. I'll pay my tuition and I'll have a lot of money left over. And that's, I was going to say, that's exactly what I did. But the first part is what I did. I took all of my tuition money for that semester and I invested into the stock market. After studying the stock market for a few weeks, I think it was almost a month that I studied it. So I invested in this stock. I don't remember the name of the stock, but I remember the symbols was were QNET, Q-N-E-T. And I was so excited. I put it in there and I started looking at the value of the money that I had. And one day it was up $600. I was so excited. The next day it was down $600. I was like, what in the world? But the next day it was up $600. And it kind of kept doing that for a while. So I thought to myself, oh, this thing is going to be big. I can't wait for it to explode and for me to be rich. <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm sure you can imagine what happened. Well, maybe you can't. But then all of a sudden, from one day to the next, I remember waking up and there was news on that day that this company was not doing too well. And my $4,800 went to about $3,000. And I, I looked at it and I said to myself, this cannot be it. It has to come up. It has to come up. And then that $3,000 went down to $2,500. And I, I couldn't put my, pull my money out then. It was too, it, it had lost too much. And I, 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 I was convinced that I was going to wait for it to get back up. And I waited and I waited. And I kept going down and down and down. And I was so emotionally tied to it that I could not pull that money out there. This was my tuition money. This was my education, and I needed that money. So I'm not going to pull it out until it came back up. To make a long story short, one day there was an announcement that the company folded, and the value of the stock went down drastically. And when I say drastically, I mean that eventually I, I did pull it out. Out of desperation, because I needed to pay the, that month's rent, and the rent for that month was $162.50. That was my portion. And I pulled out $136. $136. My $4,800 of tuition money was down to $136. Needless to say, I was devastated. I was devastated. How can I lose all this money? What am I going to tell my parents? I can't tell my parents. And I didn't tell my parents for a while. Oh, man, it, it, it was rough. But you know what? I decided, you know what? I need to continue. I need to move on. In 2006, I found out about something. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's interesting. But I found out about uh, a, a site called 12 Daily Pro. Yeah, I'll say it. 12 Daily Pro, and it was an auto-surf website, and it was amazing because all you had to do was put money in and look at 12 websites for 12, uh, 12 minutes or something of that sort, and at the end of 12 days, you would get 144% of what you invested. So I put in $100, and when I put in the $100, after 12 days, I had $144.00. And I was so excited. This was money that I made out of nowhere just by looking at the website. <laughs> so I did it again, and I put in more. Eventually, I put in $1,000, and day one, I, I made 12%. Day 
to 12%. After 12 days, you're supposed to hit 144%. But after on day 11, something went wrong. The site went down. I remember watching the news and seeing this big uh, news uh, report about the site and how it was a scam and how the person had scammed people out of billions of dollars or millions of dollars. Or, yeah, millions of dollars. I don't remember exactly how much, but I realized that my money was gone. And to make it worse, I had gotten a number of my friends into it, and we were all excited about it, and they lost some money. Some of us, some of us actually um, got some of the money back because there was a class action suit, and we were able to get some from it, but I lost money. And then I got into another program, uh, another high-yield investment project online. Um, it was called Golden Rocks, where you put in a certain amount of money, and after 30 days, you get a certain return on your investment, and I lost money there too. And I got discouraged. I really did got, get discouraged because I knew about this entrepreneurship and I knew that people were making money. I saw that people were making money, but I wasn't making money. I was losing money and I was being hurt. In fact, the money that I invested into Golden Rocks, that website that I told you about just now, was actually money that I got from my parents for, for my wedding. $1,000 of that money I invested and I lost it. My wife was very um, patient with me. <laughs> I was a very lucky guy, but I lost that money, and it was painful to the point where I wanted to give up. But this is something that I, I, I learned in those experiences. I knew it was possible to make money, but I didn't know how those sites were making money. I knew people were making money, but I did not understand where the money was coming from. And that's a big lesson. You know, you come online and you see all these people promoting all these different products and things that can make you $6,566.21 in seven days. But you don't really know how it's working. If you don't understand the system, don't do it. You, when, as you move forward, you need to make sure that what you're doing is something that you understand. You can trace the money back to the source and get a good understanding of where that money is coming from. I didn't. I just trusted. I just had this dream that I could make money and I saw people do, doing it. So I just started throwing my money at them so that they can make me the money that I wanted to make. And that is not how it works. You need to work a system. You need to understand that system. And it takes energy. It takes effort. It's not just watching a website, uh, 12 website for, for 12 minutes and getting 144%. It is actually understanding a system and working that system. So then, I at that point, at those points in time, I didn't have a job. I was kind of just trying to make money because I needed money. But then eventually I got a job. And my mentality shifted because I had a stable job. I was making money. My wife was making money. We, we were married and um, things were taken care of. Bills were being paid. And at that point, for some reason, I stumbled onto um, something called freebie trading at the time. It seemed very interesting to me. It was kind of based on the affiliate marketing model. Um, and it was those websites where you, you, you sign up, you complete an offer, and um, you refer others and you get free prizes. And I, I, if I, after studying it for a while, I figured out how it worked, and I saw that it made sense that it w was working. And I decided to give it a try. And I gave it a try. I, I, I signed up for my first freebie site. I got a referral and I got paid. And on day one, I made $70. Now, I don't want to go into all the details about how, that, how I did that because the freebie industry is no longer what it used to be. It's not something that I recommend for people to go into because the advertisers aren't spending money like they were in the past. The main thing is this. I found a system that I understood. I studied the system. It made sense. I could track the source of the money. 
and I could understand exactly how I would be making money. And I got in and I made $70 my first day. I made $400 my first month and then over $1,200 my second and then over $2,000 my third. And it was it was very rewarding because finally I found something that I was working at that I understood and I was making money with it. But here's the thing. What I realized at that time is I was making money, but in order to make money, I had to work a lot. There was It was a lot of hard work involved, and I used to spend a significant amount of time. When I wasn't working, I was working on freebie trading, and it really started consuming me. And I wanted to find a way to do it in a more passive way because I had heard about passive income from rich dad, poor dad, and I knew that there had to be a way for me to start establishing myself and getting passive income. Um, and when I say passive income, I'm not saying that I, I, I didn't have to work for it, but I could work for it up front and then rely on the, the, the things that I've done in the past to continue paying me over time. There, there's another significant thing that happened when I first started um, freebie trading, and it taught me the power of networking, the power of connecting with others. I met someone online. <laughs> that almost sounds like you know one of those internet dating sites, but it's not like that. Chris Deals, if you've been listening to me for a while, if you've been following the stuff that I do, you've probably heard me mention him at some point in the past. But we connected when we were doing freebie trading. We struck up a friendship. I actually flew down to West Virginia um, to connect with him and stayed by him for a while. And we started working together and we, we worked on a number of projects together. And I started to realize the, 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 the power of networking, connecting with other like-minded individuals. He was trying to accomplish the same things that I was trying to accomplish. And we would help each other. We'd encourage each other. We, we, we'd bounce ideas off of each other. In fact, we still do that today. To, we, we speak a few times every single week bouncing ideas, getting, get, getting feedback from each other, um, criticizing each other's ideas, tearing ideas apart, rip, um, building ideas up, and so on. And that has really helped me to become who I am today. It, it, it's something that I recommend. Connect with other like-minded individuals. It has been extremely valuable for me, and I know that it will be extremely valuable for you. We actually went on then. Well, before that, I... I wanted to start a blog because I saw what some guys like Yarrow, Starak, and Gideon Shalwick and a number of other people were doing and how they were building this bl- these blogs where they were giving people information and building businesses around it. And I wanted to switch to a blogging model. So eventually I took a blogging course. I started my own blog in September of 2008. When I started freebie trading, it was January 18. 2008 in September I started my blog and this really started changing my mind oh I am sorry for that <laughs> let me fix that there we go all right let's go <laughs> sorry my my help desk uh was um telling me that I was being inactive anyhow so Blogging really started changing my mind about internet marketing and the value about putting good content out there, the value about putting helpful content out there to help people accomplish their goals. And I really enjoyed it. Um, And not only I enjoyed it, but I started making money relatively quickly. In my second month of blogging, I made over $3,000. And this is not typical. I don't want you to listen to this and th- think, I'm going to start a blog today and make $3,000. You may be able to do that. You may be able to do much more than that. Um, most people don't do that. But what I did, and this, this is another very important lesson, is I found, it, I found a unique way to go about monetizing my blog. I was a freebie trader still, and I was teaching people at the time how to do freebie trading. And what I noticed was that most people that are freebie traders didn't have websites. So I decided, you know what? What if I made a website template? And um, actually, no, I bought a website template and I customized it um, for freebie trading. And I told people, if you sign up for hosting, 
using my affiliate link, I would give you one of these templates and you can set up your own website without getting a coder, without getting a designer. I'm just going to give it to you. And the response was great. Um, every time I got a, a, someone to sign up, I made $100 in affiliate commission. So I got over 30 people that first month to sign up for these free website templates using my affiliate link, and I made over $3,000. Now, what's the point there? The point is that this. Everyone does affiliate marketing. Um, well, not everyone, but a lot of people does affiliate marketing. But what I was able to do is I was able to find a way to put a unique twist on affiliate marketing back then by giving away uh, a, a free a website in exchange for you signing up using my link. And that was a very exciting revelation to me. So the importance there, the important lesson there is look at what others are doing, but find a way to make it unique to you by putting that unique angle, that unique twist on on whether it's monetization, whether it's building your blog or whatever the case might be, finding something unique and doing that, that will set you apart from everyone else. So that's something I learned there early on when I started blogging. Now, I told you I, I connected with Chris Deals. Um, eventually, we decided to invest in buying a freebie trading forum. It was called Cali Style 101. And I was very excited. I got a good deal on the forum. And it had about 10,000 members. And we were, con we were determined to grow it. And we did grow it. In the span of a few months, we grew it to 40,000 members and there was awesome things going on there and the way we were able to grow it the way we were able to grow the traffic and so on was number one based on the authority that i, I had established uh, with my blog but number two we did something once again that was very unique we set up an internship program for the members of the forum where we would give them lessons in internet marketing in exchange for them marketing the forum. So we had a number of people sign up uh, to learn uh, how to market your forum, how to get backlinks, how to, how to use blog commenting, how to use forum marketing, how to use all these different types of marketing. And we had videos that we'd give them and then we'd give them assignments and they would go out and they would do those things and they'd come back and report and get excited because they're learning and they're helping to grow the forum. And then we'd give them the next lesson and so on. And we were able to grow that forum, like I said, by over 30,000 members in the span of a few months. And that was just an awesome experience. But then something happened, something very significant. As I mentioned before, I was spending a lot of time trying to build my business. And I got stressed out because if I was not uh, at work, I was at home attached to my computer and it was burning me out. I wasn't spending enough time with my wife. I wasn't spending time with my friends. I wasn't doing anything besides being at the computer and then going to work, being at the computer, going to work because I saw the potential and I wanted to continue doing these types of things. And I burnt out and I eventually decided, forget this internet marketing stuff. I am gone. And I stopped blogging. I stopped working on the forum. I stopped doing everything and I just disappeared because I couldn't take it anymore. Eventually, I got back into it because I knew that there was a lot that I could do, but I knew that I had to do something differently. And what happened was very amazing because I had started building a list beforehand. And um, when I stopped blogging, my traffic went down to next to nothing. But when I came back and I regained my composure and I wanted to continue, I started a blog. I, I wrote a blog post and I sent a message from my, to my list. And from one day to the next, the traffic came back. Just like that. And that showed me the importance of building a list. If you are an internet marketer, if you're a blogger and you've been blogging for a while and you're not building a list, start building one today. That is one of the, the biggest assets that you can have um, when it comes to your blog. Um, so my blog continued, and it's been through a number of changes. Before I was teaching freebie trading. Now I'm just teaching internet marketing. Freebie trading is not what it used to be. I'm teaching internet marketing, blogging specifically, and I've been loving it. I've been enjoying it. Now, 
in 2010, at the end of 2010, I realized that I'd been doing so much and I still didn't have a product. So I decided to put together a seven-day bootcamp, sevendaybootcamp.net. And I made a few videos and I, and, I, and I started using that to get people to sign up for my list. And that was awesome. It was my first product and it really helped to do a few things. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't started your own product and you've been blogging for a while, to build your own product. Create your own product. Why? Because number one, it helps you to establish yourself as an authority. It helps you to teach your audience whatever it is they are trying to accomplish. Um, and you can make money with that product either by selling it or by promoting affiliate products. And that's exactly what I did. I promoted affiliate products um, as a part of the program and was able to make a significant amount of money with it. In 2010, I started my biology site, but didn't really started focusing on it until 2011. And in 2011, January of 2011, I decided that I was going to work at it and I was going to make YouTube videos explaining concepts, really short videos. And I've spoken a lot about how I've done that. I'm not going to talk too much about that because you can go back to some of my previous episodes and learn more about that. But I started doing it, and what amazed me is how you can use YouTube, how you can use your blog to grow an audience. Now, I'm, I'm over a million, actually 1.1 million um, views on YouTube. Over that now, um, my blog is getting about a 1,000 unique visitors a day. It's making money, and I'm very excited uh, because right now, it's something that I don't even work on. I've in the beginning, I was making three to five videos every week. Now, I've, I've made about three to five videos for the year, which is terrible, and I need to get back into it. Um, but because of some of the stuff that I'm working on right now, I've been pretty busy, but I will get back into it. Um, now... In last year, just last year, I was approached by Yarrow and Gideon. They saw what I was doing online. They saw my boot camp. They saw the videos that I was making for my biology site. And they wanted to relaunch Become a Blogger, which is one of the first courses I took that I learned a lot from. And they wanted me to relaunch it in, a part, in partnership with them. I would make the new videos. I would set everything up, set up the membership site, manage everything, and they would promote it. When I was offered that opportunity, I was absolutely floored, very excited and very flattered, honored to be able to work with these guys and do something that could reach thousands of people. And we finally relaunched that about two weeks ago, and it has been a tremendous success. It's the most successful thing I've ever worked on. Um, well, you know what? I don't want to say that. It is the most successful monetarily, um, but I, I really do value what I do at my biology site because it's the most successful in helping people. Just today, I was walking um, out of my office and a lady saw me and she said, I know you. And I said, oh, hi. And she said, are you on YouTube? I said, yes. And she said, you helped me pass my physiology class. Now, for me, that is great. And I've gotten over a 1,000. That number is quite old. Probably over 1,500 messages from people all over the world that have been helped by my biology site. So in my mind, that is the most successful in terms of impact. And it has a lot of potential for even monetary gain. That's not as much of my focus, um, but it is a focus of mine um, because I want to change the world and it takes money to do that. You're listening to this podcast. You've listened to a lot of the stuff that I've, well, you may have listened to a lot of the stuff that I've produced. And really, I am passionate about changing the world by empowering you, by empowering other people just like you to start taking action, start blogs, start websites, start projects online that can help people all over the world. And I believe that by doing those things, by, by helping you to do that, I am helping to change the world. So as I look at what I'm doing with this podcast, as I look at what I'm doing with becomeablogger.com with Yarrow and Gideon, as I look at what I'm, what I'm doing on my biology site, as I'm looking at what I do at my blog at learningwithlesley.com, I see it all as a part 
of my my quest to change the world that we live in, make this world a better place for for the generations to come and for the generations that are here right now. Because you know, this nation in 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 America right now and all over the world, there's a lot of financial difficulties. And if we can start empowering each other, giving each other the knowledge, so that we can accomplish big things, I think that we can change this world. So there you have it. I've <laughs> I've shared a lot. I'm trying to see here if there's anything that I miss out on this episode. And I think I covered just about everything. It's not everything that I've done. It's not everything that makes up who I am today. But I think it gives you a better idea of who I am. Um, it gives you a better idea of what why I do what I do why teaching is such a big part of what I do, why I love what I do, why it it gives me joy when I can connect with you. I'm not going to say connect with everyone. I'm talking about connecting with you. You're listening to this right now for whatever reason. Maybe you found value in it. Maybe you found value in some of the stuff that I've done and become a blogger or one of the other properties that I have online and you want to learn more. My encouragement to you is this. You can do it. It will take a lot of work. And sometimes, no, not sometimes, but if you're going to accomplish big things, you're going to experience a lot of failure. But success is 95% failure. You You learn from those things. You learn from those failures. You learn from those mistakes. It makes you into a better person, and it makes you stronger so that the next time you do something, you know what not to do. The next project you work on, the the next project you work on is going to benefit from the experiences that you had in the projects before that. That's it for this episode. I really hope you got some value from this. I know I shared a lot of stuff here, and I like to share stuff with you um, because it gives you a better idea of the realistic... What's realistic when it comes to internet marketing and what someone else has gone through to get to where they are. Leave me a comment. I want to get your feedback on this. Come back to the blog, learningwithlethy.com slash episode 68, and let me know what you think. I also want to let you know this program, as usual, is brought to you by becomeablogger.com. I don't have to say too much about it. It's a project that I'm working on with Yaro and and Gideon. Um, A lot of people have signed up. A lot of people are finding a lot of value with it. We're doing some great things over there. and The community is growing, and I am just having a blast, giving value, interacting with the members, and I encourage you to join Um, You can check it out. Get the 10 free videos at becomeablogger.com and get your blog started if you haven't started your blog yet. So really, that's all I have for this episode. This is Leslie Samuel, the internet marketing teacher from learningwithleslie.com. Hey, go over to iTunes, leave me a review. Leslie on iTunes.com. Let me know what you think over there. Until next time, take care and God bless. God bless.